0: Six years ago this weekend, we officially launched River's Edge uh, on Labor Day, and we started that first Sunday six years ago with prayer. Uh, Right from the beginning of forming this church community, we wanted this to be about God's plans and God's purposes and His power instead of our own. And so uh, we've actually made that a sort of a tradition or rhythm within the church that every September we would start the vision series, our annual vision series, in which we sort of recalibrate as a church and refocus on who we are and who God is calling us to be. We share the vision uh, that we feel God's giving us for the year ahead. But the vision series actually starts every year today on Labor Day weekend, and we start with prayer. Uh, Several months ago, our elder team got to escape for a few days up to Loon Lake and spend some significant time sort of praying and seeking the Lord and just saying, uh, getting before the Lord together in community and saying, Lord, who are we? Who have you made us to be? And who are you calling us uh, to be in the future? And after several days of sort of praying and seeking and crafting things together, uh, this is the vision statement that we arrive. That. We said, uh, we are a genuine expression of the family of God, faithful to Scripture, centered on the gospel, and committed to making resilient disciples. We value life in the Spirit, in which the church becomes a participatory body passionately seeking the kingdom of God in prayer and worship is God empowers us for his global mission in both neighborhoods and nations. And I know there's a lot sort of packed into those few sentences, but we feel that this sums up both who we are today and where we're headed. It captures what God is stirring in us uh, and the things that we want to lean into in the year ahead. So our plan and this um, vision statement can kind of be broken out into eight different values that we want to lift up as a community. And so the plan in the coming weeks is to take roughly half these values and teach on them in depth in the next four Sundays. But the other half of these values, we are going to lift up in prayer this morning. We're gonna speak briefly into uh, what they are, why we value them, and then we're gonna take time, as has been our tradition, to to bring the, that vision before the Lord and say, Lord, this is who you're calling us to become, but it can only happen if we pray. If we, just, if we just do our, out of human strategy and human strength, we won't actually become the people that he's calling us to be. And so from the beginning of the church plant, uh, one of the things that we have valued is passionately seeking the kingdom of God in prayer and worship. Uh, with hearts that are open to who he is and what he wants to do, with a hunger in us for the reality of God and his kingdom. And so uh, that's something that we uh, do already as a community. Uh, Even these last two Sundays, uh, our family took our big sort of annual vacation. We missed the last two Sundays. And one of the things uh, that made me so jealous was coming back and hearing what had happened in worship. Like just in your times of worship that you've had over the last few weeks. And it was a sense of like, ah, we needed to get away as a family. But I'm, I'm like wanted that. It was just like hungry for that this morning. And so, rather than take a whole Sunday to pray into uh, being passionate uh, about seeking God in prayer and worship, we're just going to practice that this morning. We're actually going to live out and embrace this value together. And so, as we pray this morning. As a community, I'd invite you to lean in and just say, Lord, would you open up my heart to you and the reality of your love and your kingdom as we pray this morning, as we worship together, Uh, recognizing from the start, if we're honest, uh, some of us, or perhaps even many of us, are not naturally passionate about prayer and worship, and that's okay But what I'd encourage you to do as we begin to lean in and pray this morning is in a really simple way, just pay attention to your own heart. Even as I announced this morning, hey, we're going to be spending time in prayer, even that stirs something. Some of you get really excited and others of you are like, dang it, I should have just gone camping or something like that. Why am I here on Labor Day weekend to pray? Um, But what I'd encourage you to do as we begin leaning in are our value, our heart, is to be open and passionate in our prayer and in our worship. But part of what that means is that we're a people who just recognize when we're not and and bring those things before the Lord. And so as we pray this morning, I would encourage you to just share and pray out. Even if it's just you and the Lord, i encourage you to pray out to Him where you're at. God, I don't really feel like praying this morning. I'm just not into it. That's not what I would have chosen to do. I'm not really excited about you and your kingdom in, in this season of my life. I'm just, I don't know, I just feel apathetic, I feel distant, I, I don't sense your love, I don't sense your presence. God, would you, would you meet with me as we pray? Or God, I, I find prayer really boring. I just feel like it won't make any difference. I'm just feeling very fatalistic right now. <laughs> I feel like we could pray or we could not pray, and what's going to happen is going to happen. Would you? This, that's just where I'm at. Or, or Lord, I'm, I'm actually really afraid to pray out loud. That was me for years. Lord, I'm actually more afraid of what the people sitting around me will think than what you think. I'm actually more aware of my fear of others than I am of simply being a child in your presence and praying out what's on my heart. Lord, I, I feel disconnected. I feel fearful. I feel whatever it is. If you're here this morning and you're just your heart's on fire for God, I want you to bring that heart. I don't want you to hold back. I want you to feel freed up, just like, man, my heart is just in it. I'm ready to pray. I'm excited to be in God's presence. But if you're not... I think it's really important that we just start discerning that and just, just confessing that before the Lord, Lord, I'm just not, I I don't want you to pretend this morning that you're passionate about prayer or worship. I, I I'd rather have you discern why you're not passionate about those things. So as we press in, uh, as we pray, Many of us in the room are going to be asking, especially in this first round, when we're first getting started, many of us are going to be asking those questions. Lord, what is holding me back? Why am I struggling the way that I'm struggling? Is this apathy? Is this fear of others? Is this sort of a a fatalism or an indifference? Uh, Lord, am I believing a lie about you or, or about prayer or about your kingdom or even about myself? That's, that's blurring my image, that's stifling the intimacy and passion that I want to have. And so if you can discern that this morning, or even if you can't, I would encourage you to just bring that before the Lord, especially as we begin and just say, hey, Lord, this is where I'm at. Would you meet me in this place and see what happens? Um, so we're gonna pray. Uh, we're gonna lift up three additional Uh, values that we want to live into as a community in the coming year and take time to pray into those before we take communion together. So I'm going to start by inviting Donald up to the front and he's going to get us started with our first rounds.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I get to speak on gospel-centered and the gospel means good news. So the cool thing is it's good news centered. And the good news for the world is that God has made a way. His perfection and our imperfections meant we needed a sacrifice to be in relationship with him. And because of his love for us, he sent us he sent his son to be the sacrifice for us. The whole of the Old Testament in the Bible pointed to what Jesus would do for us on the cross. They are shadows or veiled images pointing us towards the freedom he would bring. Consider this, he loves us so much that he's willing to send people all over the world just to share about this good news. In fact, he even sent one of our own, Brian, all the way to Nepal because he loves and cares for Nepalese that much that he's willing to uproot somebody and send them all the way across the world so that they can hear about it. And then you have the good news for the Christian grace is not a one-time event it's a covering of your whole life i love in romans 6 6 through 11 it says for we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin's claims now if we died with christ we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death, is, death no longer rules over him. For in light of the fact that he died, he died to sin once for all. But in light of the fact that he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And I love that line, consider yourself dead to sin. There has to be a shift in how we think. We have to embrace this new identity we have in Christ. I'm reminded of my sister's friend. He had come over to her house. He had been recently um, released from jail. And she noticed him walking out onto his back patio, onto her back patio, and walking around a 10 by 10 patio that she had out there. So she walked out of him and was like, what are you doing? And he said that um, he had been confined to that cell for so long that it was comforting to go out and walk her patio because it gave him a sense of comfort. So here's a guy who's freed from jail but is still confined by a 10 by 10 jail cell cell that no longer exists. And we can be that way too. We can accept Christ and the grace he offered us in our, uh, sorry, the grace that he offered us, but we fail to understand that we are no longer in bondage to sin. We have to change our mindset. My psychology professor in college explained it in one way. He said, we create these neural pathways in our brain, and that's what helps create good habits and bad habits. And he likened it, I, I don't know if, some of you may not know what a VCR tape is, But he likened it to if an an event happens, we go over to a wall, we pick up the tape that we've always had, and we go and put it in a VCR, and we just replay the same story and over and over. And in order to break that pathway, we have to consciously make effort to change the way we think. And it's work. That's why the verse in Romans 6 is so powerful. It says, consider yourselves. There's an active part to it. You have you have a new identity. It's no, longer based, uh, it's no longer based on you. It's based on what Jesus has done in you. And that's why the gospel is good news. It's so powerful for you. So I don't know if you've heard this phrase before, but it's, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I want to give you a different way of thinking about it because I don't think that's accurate. What is accurate is you were a sinner who is saved by grace, and now you're considered a saint. And for some of us, that's hard to hear. Some of us, it's hard to say, I'm not that good. And it has nothing to do with you. It's who Christ is in you. He has made you this. And that's what we have to actively think about and embrace. So we're gonna take a few minutes. We're gonna break up into groups of three or five around you. And I don't know if they have the prayer points up there, but uh, these are the prayer points for the morning, or for this section. That we would be a community that is centered on the gospel of grace, that receives and celebrates his grace, and that lives lives out of our identities as new creations in Christ in the new year that lies ahead. There's so much that God is calling us to, but it starts and ends with his grace and who we are in Christ. So let's take some time and seek God on those things.
0: You can go ahead and mess up the room. We're going to get into groups of three to five and just pray into those things that Donald was saying, that we would be a community centered on the gospel of grace and that everything we do in this coming year would be born out of our gospel identities in Christ.
2: All right, so our next point is to be a participatory body. Um, and a couple of verses that came to mind when I was thinking about this first is Romans 12, uh, four through eight. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service, in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberty, uh, liberality. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And whenever I think about this, I remember that every single one of us has gifts, talents, and a reason why we're here. God has given us different things that we enjoy, things that we're passionate about, things that we're just naturally gifted with. And if we don't use those, it's not like another part of the body can fill that. The body just suffers. We might be able to like hobble along, like if you cut off your foot, you know, we could walk, but we're not gonna walk as well as if that foot showed up and did its part. And then I think the other part with that is the reminder of something that is your gift you might not realize is a gift. I think like for me, what's been called out in my life is encouragement, um, which is actually something that's like listed in the Bible as a gift. But in my mind, I'm like, that's not a gift. That's just what everyone should be, encouraging. Like, it doesn't make sense. Why you wouldn't be encouraging? But I'm like, oh no, that's a gift that I need to actually use and whatever. and another verse was Ephesians 4:15 through 16. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, that's us, according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And that's just saying the same thing, that we need each other in order to be the best body that we can under christ and the big thing here at river's edge is we are here to serve and not just receive and it's a lot easier in a small church where people actually know if you show up if you're missing for a few weeks people are going to be like where were you they might not say it but they thought it um and so we're not here just to come in the door sit down not talk to anyone receive from matt say a few prayers and worship songs and leave we're here to get to know each other, to carry each other's burdens, to love each other well, and we can't do that if we're not actually in each other's lives and talking to each other really and figuring out how we can serve in the church and whether that's you know doing slides, whether that's singing up here, whether that's serving with the kids or something else. Um, we're all needed. Um, and then with that, just listening and sharing with the body Uh, We talk about all the time, especially every time a host says, I'm the host. If you have something that's, you know, something to share with the body, that's something that we all can do because we all can listen to the Spirit. And next up is prayer. Obviously, Matt has designed, like, today to be a place that we can be a participatory body because we're all actually in this, whether you're saying anything out loud or just listening. Um, But prayer is so vital, and it's not just here on a Sunday morning. It's in your, in your life because the way that I was thinking about it was if every single meal of the entire week you're eating ice cream Sundays and then on Sunday morning you eat a salad, are you going to question why you don't feel good? No, prayer is the same way. We have to be praying throughout the entire week and then we can come into Sunday praying and saying like, oh, now I actually do feel the spirit. If this is the only time we're praying all week, we're not going to be able to hear because we're so distracted. What it comes down to, you guys, is our faith isn't something we do for an hour or two on Sunday morning, but it's a radical shift of our entire lives, a complete surrender and following of Jesus, stepping out in faith, not simply dealing with, uh, uh, not simply trying to have a comfortable life, but rather use what God has given, the talents he has given. So being a participatory body doesn't simply mean praying aloud in these breaks just every once in a while, but it's to make space in our lives for the spirit to move and to figure out how God wants to use us. So as we spend this next time, I encourage you guys to examine your heart and your week. Is your faith mostly shown by coming here and listening? Or are we actually doing? As James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not just listeners. So pray for yourselves and for each other to step into your gifts. If you don't know what those gifts are, Pray that they will be revealed to you, not just on Sunday mornings and in our whole lives. And also pray for the boldness that when you're prompted to do something, to talk to someone about it and figure out how to actually step out in faith and do that. Because I I know that in my own life, the first time you do it, it's very uncomfortable. (laughs) But God is asking us to step out and trust him. So yeah, take this next time to do that.
3: So as you kind of wrapping up your prayers for the participatory body, I'm going to share a little bit about um, what we're going to pray for, for the global church. And um, God has laid the, the world and the mission of the world and going to different places on my heart for a long time. Um, and so it's always a privilege to be able to share this with you. Um, I was thinking about what Donald said about the gospel and there was a couple of phrases in there. In the, in the sentence that he uh, had up there, three words popped out, it was live in Christ. And that's really, that's the gospel. If we live in Christ, if we live in Christ, then people are going to see Christ, they're going to want to be a part of what Christ is doing, kingdom to come. Um, and that's the participatory body, that's us in action as a church. And and really, global mission is just answering that. It's living in Christ and living to the words that Jesus said. The final words that Jesus said, um, you probably all know the Great Commission, you know, go therefore into all nations and baptize, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But in Acts, it's um, Luke's interpretation of his ascension. He's talking about the ascension, and Jesus he talks about and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. He said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power from on high. So our empowerment for global mission comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from being filled with the Spirit and it comes from being in the presence of the Spirit. It comes from cultivating eyes and ears to hear the Spirit and then just moving forward. Whether it's your next door neighbor, the person across the street, whether it's someone across the nation or someone around the world. That's global mission. Um, three or four weeks ago, we prayed for Andy and Jerusha. They're gonna be heading off to Brazil, I think in September, is that right? Friday. Yeah, Friday, wow. So that's global mission. You can pray for them as, we, as, we're, as we're praying. Um, we have so many opportunities. You may not know, but I would say 15 to 20% of all giving at River's Edge goes out. We support churches in the Philippines, in Pakistan, in South Africa. We have churches that we've been a part of in India, uh, South America, um, Mexico, you name it. Part of the global mission of Regions Beyond. And so when we get to pray, we're praying for people we know. We're praying for places we've been to. We're praying for, for people that are living out their lives to see God's kingdom come wherever they are. So three quick prayer points as we pray for the church around the world. First one is just pray for Pakistan, uh, pray for the church in Pakistan. Uh, the second one is the Philippine church plants. So they're, they're reaching out to the Alangun tribe on Mindoro and uh, a couple others as well. And then um, if, if God lays something on your heart for either of these uh, people, these churches, uh, let me know. My wife and I are going to be in Dubai in October, uh, going to what's called the Convergence Conference. It's our kind of our global conference for churches in the Asian region. So, I mean, China, um, Pakistan, Philippines, and all places in between. So Pastor Dinesh and his wife will be there. Pastor Kim, uh, Michael, uh, they'll be there. But you know what's important to them is that they know that today in Spokane, Washington, uh, in partnership with their churches around the world, we're praying for them. Uh, that we're praying specifically for what God is doing uh, in their in their churches, in their hearts, and that they would be participatory and that they would bring the gospel and all of those things. So um, you can pray for that church gathering, that convergence gathering in Dubai as well. Um, Dubai is also an Islamic State, so it's interesting to go there to have a church conference. But God is alive when we go there, and God does amazing things. Uh, Church plants that are in closed countries that I won't even mention this morning. uh, Pray for God's church around the world and that we get to be a part of that. You all get to be a part of that as well. So let's take some time and pray for the church around the world.